0: 35 races to get to this point. So much has happened leading up to this event. For four drivers, this is their opportunity. This is what they dreamed about. We all know what to do. All been here before. Just do our jobs from here. This is a moment that each and every one of you have earned, and I really, really appreciate the fact that you're doing it for Trackhouse. So have a great day, Ross. Love you all. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Let's go. Let's get it, fellas. All day long. Pulling things tight. It's been a long season here. We're in the spot we want to be. Let's go do this and finish it off, man. We're proud of you. Yes, sir. Thank you, boys.
1: This is the moment they've been waiting for.
0: And this is the moment they have been living for their entire lives. Who will be toting home the heavy hardware? Appreciate you guys. Let's have a good one here. Finish strong. All right, boys. Say their days. Let's go get it. Green. loose, and He clobbers the outside wall.
2: Blaney got in a
0: wall ahead here. Some of the letters off the right rear, but it looks like the fender off on that guy. Feel free to coach me. Your lap times are looking really good here. So you might still up want one two or no? I don't see anybody running low like you are. Uh, good pace. Fast as anyone here. Nice and smooth. Others blaming your best car here. Green checkered here at the line. Joey Logano wins stage number one. Five, four, three. One. All the way, all the way, all the way. There we go. Good job, guys.
2: Everybody down on the apron. Lagano
0: will win the drag race in at turn number one. You're still best car on track. That's really good right here. Copy. That was a really good lap. Need you to continue to save me a little fuel. I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> go ahead and start running hard here. A shorty am I. Tell me. We were 1-2 to two when we started. Just going through it. Nice on pit road. That save you've been doing, we have to have it the rest of the way, even if the 19 passes us. You guys are safe in front of you every spot we get. Yeah, copy. It's actually driving really good. Awesome. Go get him, bud. Watch this now, Trying to force the middle gun here.
2: Welcome back to the lead lap, Chase Elliott.
0: Ryan Blaney off turn number four to the green and white checkered flag the pressure they are under. Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and Christopher Bell. You just flat can't make a mistake. On you. left, straight left. Chase Elliott gets turned. He slams the inside retaining wall. Oh, he just wrecked us. Did you get damaged? Yep, killed. What the You got any damage? Not sure. Right front headlight, if I did. Damn, the one got him. Correct. That's not good. The one got him down there. Trying to block as well. I don't think the one did anything wrong. Missed the 9 hertz. Tied the inside wall a little bit with the right side. I mean, did I do something wrong there or, or what? No, but I, I, I don't know what to say. These guys race that way. It's the way they race all the time. Was it the one? Three, two, one, 2, 1, go. Racing again, 108 laps to go in the season. I'm blowing up, guys. I'll cycle your power. I don't see any signs of anything. Looks so good from here. Yeah, Steve have come back. I was definitely down on power for a couple straightaways. Good luck. Good shape, man. I know it's fair. We'll just try to do we again.
1: We know we can do to make it a little bit better.
0: Chase Elliott having his issues. He continues to putter around the racetrack. This time, Bell, this time. Three, two, one. On the jack, be ready. The move by Christopher Bell has triggered the land rush down here. Logano stop, looked good. Bell stop, looked good. Chastain needed a lightning quick stop. They did not get it. He's given up an awful lot of track position. I'm up the traffic. He's at the line now. See Bell will draw within a car length. Now he's on the back bumper in three. Uh, oh, know. Oh, Caution is out, one spun on the back. Oh, we got me. I don't know if he knew you were there. Not I mean to do that. I think
3: everybody's got a pit
0: right now, I really do. Okay, about a uh, never tight. I can't take off as good as him. I could get going there. Here they come. Get away. Gotcha. Four tires. Four tires. Go, 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 go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Drittle stop for Christopher Bell. Go, go. What happened? Kalen's finger got stuck in between the nut and the spindle, ripping the hide off of it. It Took a second to get the nut off to get his hand free. Where is my competitor at here? Uh, Ross is five spots behind you. Bell is about 12. Good restart here. Don't switch before the line. 33 laps remain. Green flag goes back in the air. Pagano will dive to the inside of Blaney, trying to get second. Bumper, clear, clear, clear. Ross, he'll take over four. Down, one at a time. The challenge for the lead is on. Legato to the inside to chase Briscoe. Two lanes up bumper. Clear. Logano back to the point. Blaney just cleared Briscoe. All right, Ross got around the 14. You're three to Blaney, a half straight away to Ross. Does he have enough time to track down the front two? Eight to go. Two seconds back. 34, good lap. That's what we need to finish. Logano is starting to come to life even more in the lane running. Two laps to go. Ross is 1.4 seconds. Logano can almost smell that championship from here. White flag. You're three to Blaney, and then it's about 10 behind Hemaroff. Here he comes. Final time off the end of the back straightaway. Hell yeah! Good job, man.
4: Jump in with me.
5: Welcome to TrackSmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with Mike Haig from RacedaySA.com for the last time for TrackSmack for 2022. This is your season wrap-up show. And uh we're we're a little we're a little late with it, but you know what? That's okay. We can be because <laughs> there's nothing else going on. So uh, uh we we just kind of you know let let everything uh, simmer in your head and, and, and clear your, your thoughts, you know, as to what you saw there the last week of the season. And, uh, Mike, your thoughts on, on what we saw, uh, Joey Logano, 22 in 22. He called it and he got it.
6: you sure did, Don. He definitely did. He, you know, uh, I saw him at Texas motor speedway. He was calm, cool, collective, laid back uh but he was very focused and determined I, rem- I remember when we were interviewing him in the bullpen interviews and also in the media center i saw a different side of joey logano um a very mature joey logano you might say and he uh pulls it off and gets the win and and ryan blenny was second and ross Chastain was th- uh, third i'm just going to go through the top 10 real quick for the phoenix race on the 35th annual championship race here it says at phoenix and uh so Chase Briscoe was fourth, Kevin Harvick was fifth, William Byron was sixth, Kyle Busch last race in that car, the 18, he finished seventh, Diddy Hamlin was eighth, uh, Kyle Larson was ninth, and Christopher Bell cracked the top ten there for the round out the top ten Don, and uh, just, uh, you know, people said the race is boring and everything, but I don't know. I, I, I have a different opinion. I thought it was uh, going back and looking at it again. And I also watched it a, a, a third time, uh, going through different parts and looking at it. And I think, you know, it was not not bad. Uh, we just, you know, when you come off of Martinsville, what happened the week before, it's kind of a, a letdown, you might say.
5: Right. I mean, we had some, you know, uh, some drama there with Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain and, uh, you know, a few times. And then, of course, you know, Joey Dominant showing there from qualifying on, I mean, he did what he needed to do. He qualified up front, uh, got his, got a really great pit stall and, 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 and kept his vehicle or his vehicle, kept his car up there where it needed to be the entire race. And I mean, it was, it was great.
6: You're right. And I think one of the things, Don, that, um, was different about this race we have seen in, in the past, so many races this year. And we, you know, I've talked about this, all these different lead changes among all these different drivers. Well, this race, we only had 11 lead changes among six drivers so there wasn't a lot of guys getting up there getting to the front passing and taking the lead like we normally see and um so that was that was the difference the difference maker there and that's probably why some people thought it was not as exciting but overall you know i thought it was a good great season over this year looking back 2022 who would have thought we would have saw nine at the beginning of the season that we, we if we could have predicted nineteen different winners? I mean, and all these different guys that normally dominate and do well like Blaney and Harvick struggle this year, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and a host of others like. Uh, but uh, we had you know some good uh, good moments this year and overall. I say it was one of the best seasons I've seen in quite a long time.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh really quick, uh, Mike. I want to preview what we're gonna we'll talk about everything here. We're gonna talk about uh the the finish. We have some audio uh, coming up here in a little bit. NBC's Rick Allen is going to join us and talk with us about the end of the season and the well the season altogether, and then the end of the season. He'll join us here in just a little bit, and then later on, Mike, we'll talk. Uh, i know we've got a little bit of nhra and some other stuff that uh that has gone on as well but uh, just to remind folks to recap so at phoenix here's the thing too that i don't think you know people were prepared for you know you go to phoenix because you think it's phoenix you're going to have phoenix weather well they had some cold weather that blew, that came through there and i think that played a part in some of the issues too is uh, you know they were not expecting the uh especially the night races there they were not expecting the the temperatures to be where they were um and they were pretty cold but uh zane smith comes away with the title there in the truck series and that was i thought a tremendous race yeah, that, uh, that truck, Yeah you had all four guys there battling the final laps you know for the for the lead and and i thought it was amazing then we go to saturday and uh, Ty Gibbs does everything that he needed to do. And he held off everyone and and won the championship, won the title there in the Xfinity series. And then we wake up on Sunday to the tragic news that Ty's father, Coy Gibbs and son of, uh, Joe Gibbs passed away in his sleep. And, and that just, I mean, really Mike, I think too, you know, when you think about it and I know that folks will say you know race racers you know they're they you know it's tunnel vision for them once they strap in and stuff but you have to you have to believe that that played havoc i mean first of all ty gibbs was supposed to race in the in the cup series race so they had to scramble uh, that team to to find a driver there to get fitted you know, and, and you know
6: Daniel uh, himrick i think was the driver yeah. that pulled in for him
5: yeah, I, I know they had a couple of drivers there, but it was a matter of who fit the seat the best. I think is really what it was. So Daniel Hamrick filled in, but you had that, and then I mean, you could see. First of all, it was an emotional day anyway for Kyle Busch. Um, he was emotional with that, but then the news of Coy Gibbs and everything that happened, it really, um, it really hit him hard. And you could see during the pre-race festivities and stuff that were going on they showed a shot of him and samantha standing next to each other and i mean she's bawling absolutely by and that's when they decided to announce but let's the thing is is the majority of the guys in the in the garage already knew the news Um, they just hadn't officially broke it or they there was rumors going around quite a bit of it so um very but it that really kind of changed the the complexion of things you know uh, immediately because you just started first of all i mean it's sad that somebody you know passes away at so young i mean same age as me um and then when you think about it though and you're like he was just celebrating the night before with his well, son
6: yeah and he was in the media center after the race as the, i think uh, core was the coo of the company and um of Joe Gibbs racing. I think that was his official title, but he was in the media center fielding questions from the media with, uh, with the crew chief and, and, and Ty after they, uh, after Ty won the race. So uh, what a shame, but if there's any good to this, Don, at least he got a chance to celebrate and see his son win, a, win a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, That I thought that was, um, that's something that, you know, it's hard enough to lose a parent, but for, for Ty, at least he has that that memory of the celebration and the excitement and to, to do that with his dad being there. And that's going to mean a lot to him, you know, one one day when he looks back at all this. That at least his dad was there for, for that event.
5: So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, like we said, you had Joey Logano dominating the race. And I know we've got some audio of Joey there after uh, he took the checker flag. Right, Mike?
6: Here we go. Here's Joey um, in front straightaway of the victory lane. Here we go.
4: Here he is. He told the kids before he left, he was going to come home with the second championship. Joey Logano, congratulations. You have done it. We did it. We're, We're champions, champions again. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Thank you to everybody. My team, you guys are amazing. Gave me a, a race car. Good pit stop there at the end, get us up in front. And uh, boy, that was just intense there at the end. So it's all about championships. That's what it's all about. And we worked so hard the last couple of weeks trying to put ourselves in position. And everything that happened in 2020, I knew that we just wanted to have a solid run and do this today. And I can't thank Ford and Shell Pencil enough uh, for supporting me over the last 10 years, getting us a couple championships together. All our partners at Team Penske, everybody that works on these cars. It's such a big deal to win these championships. It impacts so many people's lives. And uh, um, obviously, uh, in the news this morning um, with with Koi, too, I I, uh, I don't know what to think. Um, But uh, obviously, my condolences go to the Gibbs family. But just an incredible day for for us and um, kind of mixed emotions at the moment. The family's here with you. You guys got the poll. It was a perfect race all day. Did you ever have any doubts, Joey, of being able to get back here and get that second championship? I don't know what you said, right? I don't really care either. What'd you say though? A perfect day for you guys to pull everything else, the team top to bottom. Was, was there ever any doubt for you? Uh, no, no. I knew going into this thing that we were gonna win the championship. I told the guys we're the a favorite from Daytona, and uh, we truly believed it, and that's the difference, and man, it's like I said, I had a good team with a bunch of confidence, and we had all the reason in the world to be confident. I said, I've never been truly this ready for a championship race, and uh, we did it, man. I can't believe it. Family has defined your career from those summers you spent with your dad in the camper, traveling on over your family here. What does it mean to you to have them here with you? Oh, man, it's so special, and J-Mo and Amelia are at home, uh, but, uh, hey guys, <laughs> dad will be home soon, but uh, we might party a little bit first. It might be a little rough shape when we get home, but this is, uh, man, this is what it's all about, though. I mean, it, when you were a kid his age, my dream was to, to win cup championships, and here we are with two of them. Oh, man, it just means so much. It's so special. I just want to celebrate, right? Congratulations. Joey Logano is a two-time champion here at Phoenix Raceway.
6: And, you know, Dawn, I was thinking there while I was listening, that's that's about a three-minute interview there that we got courtesy of NASCAR and and NBC. Had we been playing the uh, drinking game, you and I would have been drunk before the interview was over. (laughs)
5: Absolutely, we would have. I mean, that's especially me. Um, Yeah, that was I mean, he was smiling the whole time, except for when he was talking about the Coy Gibbs thing, which was when I watched that too, I felt so bad. Cause you know, it's like, he, you, you know, his mind is racing and stuff. And it's like, he probably, it's like, he wanted to say that at the beginning. And it's like, you know, he just doesn't know when to, I mean, you know, what to even say and stuff. And so it was kind of awkward where it came in and then go you know, go, went back out, but I'm
6: uh, choked up there for a moment there, you know, very emotional, uh,
5: And Well remember he drove for Gibbs for a long time.
6: Yeah. And um but anyway, but yeah, he was definitely excited and I loved it when he was hugging his wife and 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 kissing her and 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 the, and the kid and everything and what what do you say you know <laughs> it remind me of a John Force moment you know oh yeah
5: <laughs> well, to to ride and I love that he said ever since Keelan got to ride in the car with uh, uh, you know with Kevin yeah. Harvick that he's always wanted to do that with Hudson and so I thought that that was really really cool that he you know was able to I I love that I again I I love when the kids are a part of of getting to do that.
6: Cause you never know. They may be the next generation driver, uh, down the road too. So the moments like that is, it mean, mean a lot, not just, you know, for, 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 uh, for Joey, but I'm sure his son is going to re- remember that forever as well.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, it was, it, you know, a great day for Joey Logano and a great day for Trackhouse house racing and Ross Chastain, uh, finishes second. And I mean, what a way to cap off his season, Um, A guy who I felt like going into it, you know, Joey was the one that was very focused and was, you know, relaxed, but focused. And it's like, we're here to win. And Ross, it's like, what I loved is, you know, he wanted to win. But Mike, I mean, in all of the interviews and stuff that they did, it was just the gratitude. He was just so gracious and so like in awe of the moment of where he has come and and how quickly they got to where they were and you know it's like he didn't he even made a point during the the pre-race stuff to say you know if we don't win a championship we we've won we're here i mean you know we're in the top you know who who would have said at the beginning of the season that you know i would have been in the top four uh you know so I, I, i thought it was amazing
6: I was going to say, you know, I'm sure when they rolled the car out there at the uh, L.A. Coliseum and then a few weeks later at Daytona for the Daytona 500, I'm sure he had no idea. He would have predicted at the end of the year he'd be racing for the championship and finishing second in the final standings.
5: Well, yeah, because if I if uh, if I remember correctly, he didn't even race in the in the Coliseum one because he didn't qualify. He didn't make it. He didn't no. know. oh that's Mm-mm. right. Okay. And then he wrecked that it. and then he wrecked at Daytona. Yeah, I,
6: I was I was thinking he was there. That's my yeah. fault there. But yeah. No, so.
5: he didn't he didn't qualify. And then like I said, and then the following week or the following race at Daytona, he wrecked out, I believe, real early. And yeah. uh yeah, so the way that their season started, it was like uh yeah, no. And so um
6: But well, we we have some audio from Ross. So let's hear what he had to say.
3: All right. Right, Rick. It was just over 1.2 seconds behind Joe Legato there. So, Ross, I have to ask: Is there anything differently you could have done on that last run to try and catch that 22 car? Uh, Parker, I think we did everything right there at the end. That was that was a heck of a drive for us. Um, who had the one car at second in points on their bingo card, uh, February 1st? I, I, it's it's pretty wild. But um, look, this is a this is a continuation of of. A lot of people believing in me, man. Um, I came in the truck series in 2011 with Stacy Compton, Bobby Dodder, Brad, um, on up through Xfinity, Johnny Davis, and got the chance with Jay Robinson, got the chance with Chip Ganassi, and to build everything together to come and drive this one car, the 42 car last year. There's so many team owners, so many crew members that have put in work. Some of them were just like, Internships, they were working on the four car, and it's pretty wild to uh, to think we just fought for a Cup Series championship, had a car fast enough chasing down at the end, and that's a testament to everybody at Chevy and GM uh, making me a better race car driver with Josh and Scott and Dan. Uh, I wouldn't want to be doing this with anybody else, and man, my family, I gotta tell you, they're they've stuck with me and and pushed me forward from the farm to to nascar and it's wild why we're here i don't understand but uh, mom and dad and chad i'm so proud of what we've been able to do at the track and at the farm and for all the watermelons across the country it's uh it's absolutely incredible so i want to take this moment and thank a lot of people it's uh a lot of people maybe thought i was not sure what i was gonna be when i got out of the car but i'm so proud of the effort so proud of um execution on pit road with our pit crew and uh this is only our first shot with Trackhouse, and for Justin Marks and Ty and Pitbull to believe in me to drive this one car, it's incredible. Quickly, did you think the Hill Mill may work down there in 3 and 4 as you're patch- catching the 22? I didn't. No, I didn't I didn't think it would. I just think we're going too fast here, and um, I just didn't, didn't think it would work. So uh, I thought it would at Martinsville and feel like I'm very blessed and fortunate that it did, but not here. The incident with the 9 car there on that restart, what happened from your point of view? Had a really good run. Uh looked like William didn't get going quite as well as he wanted to, and uh, got to the left. Got to the left of him, and um, saw an erratic move that he made to, to turn left to cover it, and I was already there. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's not how I want to want to raise him or those guys, and for everybody at GM, I needed other Chevys up there to uh, to fight fight those other guys, and so um, you know it's it's not what I want to do, but uh, I feel like I had position on him, and he tried to cover it late, so. Um, hats off to Mr. Penske and Roger and everybody on Joey's team. Um, I know a couple of those guys and have worked with them in the past. So it's uh, I am happy for them, and I am genuinely happy right now. Um, just wish we had, you know, another go at it. Successful year for Ross Chastain and Team Trackhouse, Dave.
6: And, you know, Don, listening to him there and how gracious he was and thankful for the season that he had and everything, I don't think he's going to be a driver that you're going to say is one and done. I think they're going to return in 2023. With that momentum, uh, I think they've learned a lot this year. I, I'm, I'm hoping he gets a, a win early on in the season so he can get into the playoffs for next year. But I, I really think Ross is uh, is on on track for you know success, you might say, in 2023. And I hope that definitely continues for that trackhouse racing team.
5: Mike, did you see the pre race stories too? It was great because they showed him. Um, at the Xfinity race, I think the night before the truck race. And it was so funny because he thought that he could just, you know, meander his way around and nobody bother him like he has all season long. And all of a sudden after Martinsville, he was like a rock star. And the the cheer that he got, the introduction and the, the pop that he got, I thought it was huge. I'm like, this, this guy um, is a household name now, and he's made so many new fans. And I, while i don't think it's going to happen I, I have to tell you i've been voting um <laughs> i've been in there voting for for ross to be uh the uh fan favorite driver or whatever uh through nascar and so i think he i think he might give chase a little run for his money
6: here but uh i i hope he does or at least I make do. at least make the vote close you know yeah yeah so um well christopher
5: bell was an amazing story throughout the playoffs um, and throughout the season as well, but really and truly throughout the playoffs. Um, one is way into the next round, not once, but twice. And uh, just what an incredible, incredible story for that 20 car. And I know we've got some audio from, uh, from C bell as well.
6: So here's what Christopher had to say.
7: And Dave, for Christopher Bell, it's going to be a third-place finish in the points today. But ultimately, I know that's not what's on the minds of everybody on this team. But what is your emotions after your day today and and everything that this entire group has gone through?
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Just, you know, from being out and then the the wins at Charlotte and Martinsville. And then all of a sudden you wake up this morning and you're, you're racing for a championship. You're happy. You're belated. And then, uh, you know, your world card comes crushing down. So, you know, whenever you get news like that, it definitely puts in perspective that there's more more to this than outside of racing. So, you know, the whole Gibbs family is in all of our prayers and uh, thinking of him. You know, ultimately today, the best car won the championship. He was really strong. Uh, Proud of our 20 group, though. We fought hard. And whenever it was at the end of the race, the last pit stop or we thought was going to be the last pit stop, we were right there battling for it. So. Uh, Just proud to be in this position, proud to be at Joe Gibbs Racing, driving this number 20 car. Um, DeWalt Camry was, you know, we were there. We were there, and hopefully we can come back again next year.
7: Statistically, this was your best season of your NASCAR Cup Series career. So what positives can you take from everything you guys battled through this year and, and apply that to next year?
8: Yeah, I mean, I feel good about where we're at for sure, and and I'm hoping I'm hopeful that my group stays the exact same from mechanics and engineers, and obviously Adam Stevens on top of the pit box because I feel like we got a good thing going, and uh, we feel like we're right on the brink of you know being there every week and, and being a title contender year in and year out. So uh, just really, really thankful to be here, and uh, very, very incredibly saddened by the news today. And. Uh, thinking of the Gibbs family.
7: Tough day for the 20 team. Christopher Bell, 10th on the racetrack today and third in point.
6: And, Don, you know, th- looking back on Christopher Bell, uh, I remember when Eddie Gossage brought him in the t- Texas Motor Speedway for one of the media days a number of years ago when he was a little bit younger. He, I mean, the, he's still very young, but he was really young man. But I remember just seeing this kid and thinking, man, this young man has got a bright future ahead of him, and I sure hope he can make it in, in NASCAR. And it's good to see that he had a good year this year uh, because I, th- I really think that – or looking back then, you know, I I thought that he definitely had what it took to be a contender for a championship, if not win a championship at some point. So hopefully what they learned this year will carry over to 2023, that momentum. Hopefully they won't change too many guys on the team, you know, like you said, with mechanics and engineers and stuff. Because they really pulled that together this year, especially the second half of the season, and they're they're riding the wave of success, and I definitely hope that continues.
5: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you know, I mean, and and again, I, I mean, the biggest thing that, like we talked about a week and a half ago, was the fact that there for a while that that car, the twenty car, the team you know, that was the fourth tier car. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk on if, if that team would be back next season, or if it, especially the you know, the driver and the crew chief, if they would be back next season. And so to see them end up the top car uh, out of all of them, it it was very ironic and yet very fitting for 2022.
6: Exactly. Definitely. (laughs) That one was (laughs) so.
5: Well, one of the favorites that everyone thought had the best chance, I mean, statistically, he had the best chance of winning the race. Uh, He's done the best throughout the season and especially at Phoenix was Chase Elliott Mm -hmm. and yet uh, didn't do very good there at Phoenix uh, there for the final race. And I know we've got some audio from Chase.
6: You're right. And here's what he, here's what he had to say chase elliott
1: has broken things down with his team and uh talking through jeff gordon's viewpoint on what happened there you've looked at the replay a couple of times uh ross was asked about it he said you made sort of an erratic move and and tried to cover him when he was there how did you see it
7: um just uh, want to say congratulations to joey and and his team they did a they did a really good job this entire weekend and Um, he's a very deserving champion and and frankly just happy for them proud of my team for the effort that they put in this weekend felt like we had um, got our car a lot better throughout the race and um, you know for that I think we should be we should be very proud you know it's nice to make the round Uh, that's a very difficult thing to do obviously not content with that but certainly uh, nice to come out here and have a shot and hopefully we can come back stronger next year and, and give ourselves another chance and um make uh, you know make it make it go our way next time how would you assess the season chase because
1: certainly there were high points with the wins there were comebacks and and they were really overcoming throughout this playoffs.
7: uh yeah i mean i and i mentioned this a lot over the last few weeks but you know each of the last three seasons i feel like we have made the round of four in very different ways and, and i think for that we should be very proud of um you know the 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 playoff points that we accumulated this year in that regular season championship really is what got us here. Um, kind of a rough, rough nine weeks, um, up until today. I actually thought today was going, going pretty good that we had just had our best pit stop of the day and, uh, we just got our car driving, uh, pretty decent too. So, um, uh, that's, that's the way it goes, but nonetheless, I uh, appreciate my team. They, they've worked extremely hard and we have put a lot of effort in and trying to be better. And, and I felt like we, uh, I feel like we were heading the right direction today, so proud of that. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to not worrying about racing for a little while. Frankly, looking forward to some time off and uh, and do, doing something else for uh, for a couple months.
1: Not chase a day today, but there will be championships to come, I'm sure, Dylan.
6: And, Don, I thought, you know, there's nothing that they need to be disappointed about, really, because uh, he had a good season. There's a lot of would have, could have, should have, you might say, that they could have done, but... That goes with the sport. I mean, it's it's a tough season. It's a long season. There's a lot that happened for Chase. But, you know, he made the championship four and has done this now for, you know, a couple of, what did he say, two or three years? And he's made it now. Okay. And um, there, there's, you know, he can hang his hat on, hang his hat up and for the year and be, be proud of what he did. And I think Chase is going to continue to come back in 2023, 2023 and be just as strong as ever.
5: Yeah, I like the well, I, I was going to say I like the way, but I'm I'm saying I like it sarcastically how he avoided the question from Dave Burns about the incident there with Ross, which in the end, when we've gone back and watched it on replays and stuff, um, it was just a racing incident. I mean, you know, there was nobody's fault. I mean, they were both racing and uh, I, I feel like, you know, it it's just one one was going one way on one line and the other one was going the other and <laughs> they ended up into each other. So um but i don't chase is just kind of this season really has really kind of just rubbed me the wrong way a couple of times i you know just certain things that he's done just i don't know i, I want to say it's out of character but i really can't say that because i don't really know his character all that well
6: <laughs> Yeah, i think some of it had to be out of desperation too you know with the way all these different winners and different people who normally run further back were running up front and A lot of frustration. We saw that with a lot of drivers this this, uh, past year.
5: Yeah, no, I I, I would agree too. And like I said, I mean, again, even if, even if there was something um, a little sinister or whatever, I think in the final race of the season, especially when you're racing for the championship um, for me, I just feel like there's kind of no rules there. I, I, you know, I feel like everything is, is, is in play because, you know, you're trying to win the championship. So um
6: gotta lay it all all out there you know yeah
5: for sure so uh and and then Mike I mean I guess one guy that really um was super stoked and super happy was Roger Penske um I mean you know huge deal for him I wins the IndyCar title and the NASCAR title in the same season and I think they said is it the first time that he's ever done that I believe is is what I heard them say
6: I think so uh But man, what a, what a, you know, Roger has put together just a dynamic racing organization and this, this, they are so dedicated and, and focused and wanting to win and look at all the great drivers he's had over the years. So they caught up with Roger after the race and here's what he had to say.
1: Oh, we got a lot to unpack here, Marty with Roger Penske. First of all, what do you think of your two-time champion?
2: Well, Dave, it's a great team effort for everybody here today at Phoenix and end up in the winner's circle and also winning the championship is special. But really, I just want to say a prayer for Joe Gibbs and his whole family for the loss of Koya, a great competitor and a great friend. But uh, what a day for Ford, what a day for Pennzoil and what a day for our team. It's just uh, tremendous and thank you guys for what you've done for us
1: oh it's been our pleasure to watch it all and we've watched it in indycar too what a year for you will wins in indycar gives you that trophy and then this guy right there (laughs) joey logano uh gets the trophy in nascar twice two in one year it's never been done well it took 31 years to do that shows you i'm getting pretty
2: old but uh, can you believe it i can't but to watch that at the end and the teamwork with blaney and all the four teams i mean it was a full team effort and uh, i'm so thrilled to be here
1: now, were you pulling for ryan blaney to actually pass joey and get the win as well as the championship i think i told him on the radio you're his wingman one time right with about 10 to
2: go now, i think we were fine the way we were
1: no no it turned out very well so you know i always wonder what's next with you because you've got so much going on but how do you top what this year has been and what this day has been
2: well i think it's something that we love it's kind of the common thread through our company, through our family, and to me, this whole team that comes together every year to compete
1: on the highest level and, again, to be here is special. Excellent starts at the top, Marty, and it's quite the season and quite a great day for Roger Penske.
6: And you know, Dawn, he is 85 years old. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, I can't believe that he's that old. I mean, and looks so good and going strong and you know owning any the indianapolis motors speedway now and all these race teams and making all the races and there's no slowing down roger you think he'd be retired on on a yacht somewhere having a you know (laughs) umbrella drink or something but no he's out there week in and week out and supporting his drivers and you know what a great organization he has and and again, great drivers like Joey Logano and all the others. So there you yeah, go. I would have thought like maybe like early seventies. Yeah. That's what I thought, but no, he's 85. And I looked it up. Wow. Well, I believe you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness.
5: Well, Mike, I mean, I, I enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed this season. Uh, this NASCAR season, you know, yes, there was a few hiccups along the way, but I think overall, I, I would say an A minus and yet the, it's like a high A minus it's, I mean, I'm talking like a 94.3 because uh, right? okay, no, don't, don't we have to round or <laughs> do we round or no. So, okay. So, so a 94.4.
6: Okay. Cause 0.5, you have to round.
5: So. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a pretty damn good season.
6: And you know we were going to not do the this, the this, this show this season too. Think about what we would have missed out on. <laughs> I'm gonna rub that in a little bit.
5: Yes, I know. So I guess that ensures that going forward that we may
6: go That'd ahead. Be, I guess season nineteen's
5: is around the corner.
6: So <laughs> at least at least one more, but no, I I really thought you know you know me and you can go back and listen in our in the archives there. I was down on the car at, at at the Coliseum before the race and at the Clash and <laughs> didn't think it was, was going to work out and 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 I was kind of negative, you know, and everything. And I'll admit it, I was wrong. <laughs> Man, it, it turned out to be a good good car, good season. And I knew when I saw the car up, up front uh, up front and close at Coda, that we had a potential to have a good season. It's just such a cool looking race car and everything with the different changes they made. From what I saw the sound the, of it too and the, and the sound of it but man we had to do just a great great season of racing and I really hope that continues in 2023 because um, you know if it doesn't it's gonna be a big letdown
5: yeah definitely for sure well Mike uh let's let's shift gears for a minute and bring on um a great friend of the show and and someone we are so excited to have back on with us and uh and that's nascar on nbc's rick allen uh rick well first of all welcome to the show rick allen from nascar on nbc
9: thank you guys for bringing me back i thought maybe it was a one and done uh from the last time i was on the podcast
5: oh you stopped that we i ask him all the time he's busy though he is busy but um but i feel you know mike i feel good though because we broke ground with rick last season having him on you know we don't have to go through the people now we have the direct link so uh we've 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 made it over the hump finally
9: (laughs) yeah i'm just not very important i don't have people my people are me so that's that's me
5: well we prefer it that way personally (laughs) well i wanted
6: to say rick uh you guys really knocked it out of the park this uh year with the broadcasting it seems like y'all took it to a different level and and uh i want to compliment y'all because you guys uh uh well first off we had an incredible nascar season this year and i just wanted to get your thoughts uh of what we saw and what you what you thought of it but you guys on the broad from the broadcasting side y'all did an outstanding job covering all the great things that we saw this this past uh, year
9: mike i appreciate that we we have a, a great time we just have so much fun uh getting together and it's funny because this is a group that you know, we we vacation together. Um, we do so many things away from the racetrack together that when we get to go to work, it's like it's even better. It's even a, a, a better opportunity for us to spend even more time with each other. And this year was really, truly amazing. I mean, the, the racing that was on track, uh, the Fox part of the season, we watched that and we were just so excited to get in the booth and start covering these races because, you know, we knew that the product was great and we just wanted to be there and be a part of it, uh, experience it with the fans. And, you know, right away, you know, it started out our first race, you know, from the first race all the way to the last race uh, we had something to talk about and something exciting happening uh, virtually every race, every lap of every race. And then, you know, you throw in probably one of the, uh, craziest if not memorable moves of all time uh in NASCAR history and we're right there front and center for it. So, we had a lot of stuff in front of us that uh we enjoyed and like I said it's such a good group of people. Um I think this was year 8 for us at NBC and so uh we're excited that you know we get to keep doing this. Um couple couple more years to go and then we'll decide you know what direction it goes but uh very lucky that um we had this season and a, a just a great product on the racetrack yeah
5: well you mentioned the the crazy move that we all saw so let's start there because uh mike and i on on i guess the episode that we were leading into Phoenix race. I, I had mentioned to him that we are like okay, we are like the biggest Dell Jr download homers and I swear to god he gets more damn publicity from the, from from our podcast because that's all we talk about is you know, hey, did you hear the show this week. So, Latart was on, Steve was on the show and he mentioned that he doesn't like to bother you when you're on your final lap call that he usually, you know, is busy. Just, he's got, you know, the production team or whatever in his ear talking or whatnot, but he, they leave you alone to let you get ready to make that final lap call but he sees Chastain, you know, and what's going on. And he's like, I I just had to, I had to tap him, you know, because I don't think he, I, I know he was focused on the finish, but I wanted him to see that and get the call as well. And so finally then, you know, we hear that. And then this past week, uh, they released the camera footage, the behind-the-scenes footage of you guys, and we see what Steve was talking about and him kind of trying to get your attention. Um, And and it's funny, too, because I, what I loved about this, Rick, and I'm sorry I digress, but what I love, everyone loves behind-the-scenes. You like behind-the-scenes and the driver's, you know, the driver's helmet cameras. You, you, you like to hear the radio and stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm the broadcast nerd. I like to see what goes on behind-the-scenes because I don't think people really and truly have... a a true appreciation for, especially you, Rick, for what you have to do when you're trying to talk, you're trying to watch, you're trying to explain and and paint this picture. And at the same time, you may have two, three people in your ear. You got your, you know, your guy next to you, you know, looking at you, trying to get you to do something. You got the (laughs) booth next to you with them trying to do something. And yet you're still trying to, (laughs) you know, stay in this line. And I love that behind the scenes because you could hear Steve getting you know the uh, producers are talking to him or whatever and I and we hear him say I don't think they're gonna I don't think they care about the one and which was so funny that he said that (laughs) and then you know you get around a turn and it's like the biggest story uh not only of the season but probably what at least of the decade in NASCAR that move right there and maybe could arguably be even greater than that but tell me a little bit about that and about what were you thinking because of Steve never bothering you? <laughs> what goes through your head at that moment? Like, what the hell? Why are you doing? This?
9: Well, the the fact that Steve says he never bothers me on the last call, um, we have had uh, we've it's it's not unwritten because or it's not unsaid because we talk about it a lot, but we have always been of the impression and the opinion that the last call should be clear and concise. And so many times, you know, you've heard something crazy happen and like four people are trying to tell you what's going on and they talk over the top of each other. Mm -hmm. And so our bosses have said, and it, you know, I'll just flat out say, they call it Rick time. And our producer will come on in the ear, in our ears. And, you know, if it's one lap or if, you know, something's not happening, you know, at the end of the race, they'll just get in our air and say, it's Rick time. And from that point on, the guys know that I am going to be the one talking. And if I'm talking, they don't interrupt. And so they, you know, just kind of sit back and listen. But they also know, and I've told them, I said, you know, if there's something that's going on that you need to interject, do it. Because if I don't see something, you know, we want to make sure that this gets out there. But at the same time, we don't want to cluster up, you know, what could be historic in, in a call or whatever. So, and that's the way I always take the end of a race is I think, well, they'll probably play this over and over and over, you know, if it's something big. Um, so we don't want to, you know, screw that up. So in that instance, um, you're right. You hear Steve uh, get into talk back because he's talking to the producer at the time. And we are, we are watching the points because that was the big thing. We knew that Ross Chastain was two points behind Denny Hamlin. If he could pass two cars, then he would be tied. The tiebreaker goes to Ross Chastain because of two second-place finishes in that round. So we knew if he could get by two cars, you know, there was going to be a tiebreaker. Ross Chastain could win. Well, Steve had done the math. I had done the math. Everybody had done the math. And Steve, in looking out there at the track, knew that there was a straightaway from Ross Chastain to the next car he could pass. And so he just, you know, common sense would tell you it's not going to happen in a half of a lap. So he gets in talk back and he's like, I don't think we need to worry about the one. And so we had the three box up of the one of Chastain, the 11 of Denny Hamlin, and uh, we had Christopher Bell. And so as, you know, they're going down the backstretch, I could tell that Ross Chastain, you know, is probably out of it. And so I start calling Christopher Bell and what an amazing accomplishment it is that he is winning his way into the championship four. He had won his way from the Roble into eight. And so you're like, okay, this is incredible what he's been able to do. I start calling that. And as I'm calling him come off turn number four, Steve taps me on the shoulder and I'm sitting there calling it. And then when he points down at the track, I look over and I see the one coming to the finish line right next to Denny Hamlin. And I know that, okay, he's made up those two points. I don't know how the hell he did it because I didn't see anything in three and four, but I know that he is right next to Denny Hamlin. And I'm like, he's done it. You know, he's, he's passed Denny Hamlin or whatever the call was, but that's the way that whole, I guess, final lap and a half transpired is that, those guys in the booth were watching the race. I was calling just the uh, the win of Christopher Bell, and so Steve, you know, very brilliantly tapped me on the shoulder, like, "Hey, you got to see this. You know, you got to see that he's he's passed the two cars that he needed to. As a matter of fact, he passed the car that he was racing, and so he's going to end up, you know, transferring. And so it was. A, it's a team effort." Um, it's always been a team effort. The guys, you know, give me information. We have a a separate channel, uh, excuse me, that we talk to each other Mm -hmm. during the broadcast too. So if it's not over the air, you know, I might say to Jeff, hey, Jeff, um, you know, talk about this. Or Jeff will get in there and say, hey, uh, we just mentioned this. We should follow up on it. Or, you know, just different things that, you know, Junior's really good at um, if he's not – Like if we're doing an Xfinity race and he's not calling it, he'll text us the whole time the race is going on. Hey, talk about this or do this or you guys should bring this up or, you know, this is happening. um, You need to talk about it. And so we always are helping each other out. And so that was just a that's a perfect case of everybody's helping everybody out at Martinsville. And it ended up being an incredible, uh, incredible finish to a race.
5: It did. And Mike, um, you know, we always joke about and I and, and Rick will tell you, I've, I've joked with him as well with this. But um, Mike and I always joke about the fact that there's times, especially when something goes on, when something happens that I can't tell. Burton from Junior from Latart because they all sound they sound like three schoolgirls you know I mean just you know like I mean their voices get so high pitched and and they're having such a good time but for and and so I always say Rick brings the bass he brings it back down but Rick your voice got up there when you were doing the replay I guess it was when you saw the replay and you're doing the call for it and all I can imagine is because I'm watching it go down and 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 just like you guys like I don't think it. It, it didn't like hit me for a few seconds. Like, what the hell did I just see? And I'm jumping up and down. I'm a huge Chastain fan anyway. So I am jumping up and down, screaming in my house. Uh, my husband comes running downstairs because he thinks something's happened. And I'm like, you've got to look. Mike's not even watching because Mike had to take his wife to the airport. And I never do this to him. But I, I immediately texted him and called him. And I said, look, I, I would never because I know you're recording. I never do this. But I have to send you this, this video. You have to see it. I got I got to know what you think. But uh, but yeah, Rick. I mean, your voice—you sounded like one of the schoolgirls there. Because, uh... <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, it, I get excited, and because I love the sport, and I appreciate what these guys are able to do. And when that happened, it was something that no one expects. No one ever would have expected. A car to be going 60 miles an hour faster than the other cars on the racetrack. It just it didn't look real. No, it didn't. And so as it happened, you know, I didn't I didn't see it live. But then when the first replay came back, I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I know that's not sped up because I can see the other cars are going the speed that they were normally going. So I had to say that. I had to say, you know, he This isn't sped up. The video is not sped up. This is real time. And he's going twice as fast as any other car on the racetrack, which never happens ever. And so it was, yeah, it was an exciting time. That was was one of those fun things to be a part of.
5: And now, and Mike, I mean, just like, uh, and we've talked about this through the years, just like our good friend Jay Howard with the Spurs who had the iconic call when the Spurs won their first championship. And I always think in, in NASCAR terms, for me, one of the best calls that I've ever heard from the time that I started watching was when Dell junior won after uh, uh, back at Daytona, after his dad died and, and Alan Bestwick had the, you know, learning less or lessons learned from his father. And, and yep. I mean, it was just, it was a beautiful call of the, the everything. So now Rick, I mean, you, <laughs> um, um, and you probably don't think about these kind of things, but your call will go down though with this. I mean, it's, it's you tagged on that and, and, you know, and uh, this part of history that we will all look back on and, you know, we may see it again at some point or somebody try it, but it's never going to be what, we, I mean, there's just, there's no way you can recreate that ever. It was just, and then your analogy, uh, Bernard Pollard was on our show and we talked about your analogy when, um. Pat, I think it was a uh, Pat McAfee, wasn't it, that had asked about like he on Put Twitter. In football but, terms. Right. Right. And yeah. your analogy for it was was brilliant. And, and, and uh, that's what uh, Bernard said, too. He's like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He said the only thing I would add is that it was overtime in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs>
9: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it was the craziest. It was the craziest thing that could have ever happened that no one would have ever expected could happen. And, yeah, I said it's like a quarterback throwing a 100-yard pass that was caught, you know, from his own end zone to the other end zone. And it's just no quarterback could ever do that. And we never thought a car, a driver would ever or could ever do what we saw Ross Chastain do. And then, actually, so probably the best part of that whole instance was when – Ross Chastain explained it to us on Thursday of championship week. We were sitting in a room. It was just the four announcers, Ross Chastain and like a PR guy. And (laughs) we said, when did it come to you? And you know, what was going through your mind when you were doing this? And he explained the whole thing to us. And he said, I knew with two laps to go that I needed to pass two cars. I asked my spotter, or whoever it was, he said, do we, do we need two spots? He said, yes, you need two spots. And he literally was going down the backstretch and said, I shifted in fifth gear and I floored it. And he said, I just, the second that I started doing it, I was not sure what I was doing, but I got into the middle of the turn and I started losing my vision. He said, it was, the car was shaking and, He was pulling five G's. So he's pulling five G's. He starts to lose his vision, like the tunnel vision, like you're going to pass out type of situation. At the center of the turn, he realizes, oh, crap, there's the crossover gate that's right here in four. What if I catch the crossover gate? And so he took his hands off the steering wheel, thinking if the car hits the crossover gate, it's going to rip, probably break my wrists or my hands or whatever. So he takes his hands off the steering wheel and he says the next thing he remembers is or is acknowledges is Brad Keselowski's car. He hit the back of Brad Keselowski's car as he's going across the start finish line. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me that you're you're almost blacking out. You're thinking about crossover gates. And the next thing that you see is you're crossing the start finish line. And so it was really pretty cool. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I think he was still in awe of what he had done and, you know, just a monumental time in the sport. uh, And he's a part of it. And so it was cool because Ross is a down to earth kid. Um, He, you know what, he's learning. Uh, I say he's a kid. He's been in the sport a long time, but he continues to learn. I think he learned a lot this year. I think he gained a lot of confidence this year. Um, I think they will be a force to be reckoned with uh, from here on out. I think that confidence and just the, the demeanor of that whole track house team is impressive. And I think he'll move on from here and it, it'll be fun, but... It was cool when he showed me. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he showed me the text from Pitbull. And I, I was like, can I write that down? He goes, oh, yeah, here you go. And so I wrote down his text from Pitbull. I don't think we put it on the broadcast, but it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. There was a lot. It was explicative, explicative, explicative. Wow, were the first three words that Pitbull <laughs> sent to him. And then it was some pretty, pretty cool stuff. But yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome.
5: That's awesome. Actually, I probably
9: have it written down now that I say that. I bet it's right here. Would I would I be able to read it on here? If you Absolutely.
5: Guys... We have no restrictions.
9: <laughs> like I, should I I? won't say the explicatives.
5: You can say them. I do. You? <laughs> well, here, you don't have to, and then I'll...
9: That's <laughs> thought I did. Sorry. Sorry, that was a tease. I, I apologize for the tease there, because I was going to give you guys the...
5: I'm going to say there was some F-bombs dropped.
9: One of them. Yeah, one of the explicatives was an F-bomb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's see if I, I know I was dropping somewhere. them. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool though I mean it was like wow, that's pretty cool to come from Pitbull.
6: Well, Rick, it yeah. seems like that 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 event that what happened there was kind of like the cherry on the, on a Sunday of of the whole year the way this year's gone starting with the with the new car, all these different winners we had. The great racing. It just seems like it, it was just another chapter in the book about 2022.
9: I agree. Um, it was. And I think uh, the end of the year with Joey Logano winning, I think it was fitting. Um, he was you look at the iconic wins that he has. I mean, he wins his, he has the firsts, you know, the first on dirt. Uh, he won at the Coliseum that, you know, kind of the first there um he just and i think he has he's become one of the best overall drivers in the sport uh somebody i think i can't remember if it was social media or something i think said today is you know joey logano top 25 driver of all time Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking to myself my goodness let's think about that because here's a guy with two championships um in a relatively short amount of time uh, because he's not very old. He's a young driver. I mean, in comparison to, you know, all of his peers right now and and he is able to consistently run up front and be one of the best and win races every year. And I think you're at a, you're at a time in the sport. I mean, the last three, four or five years, I think we've had some of the best drivers ever, in the sport. I mean, you come off of Jimmy Johnson's era and Jeff Gordon and, you know, all these you know, greats that have racked up, you know, just a ridiculous amount of number of, of wins. And you put Joey Logano in here and you think, OK. He should have won 2020 and that is still uh, it that he said that aided him so much since 2020 That he needed, wanted, had to get back and fight for a championship again. And you think, okay, so he won in 2018, should have won in 2020, and he's won in 2022. Um, Those two championships are huge. There's very few that have multiple. I mean, I think he was the 17th driver in the history of the sport to have multiple championships. So is he a top 25 driver? In my opinion, absolutely. He's the top 25 driver of all time in this sport. Um, and I think it's early in his career. I mean, he could be top 10 or top five by the end of his career uh, if he continues down the the path that he's on, which I think he will. I mean, I think with Penske, I think he stays there for his lifetime, his career. And I think he's going to have great success for you know as long as he wants to be in the sport. Because I'll tell you right now, he has the mentality. Mm -hmm. He was the one driver who came in and and when we were talking with him said, I don't have friends and I don't need friends. I don't need friends at a racetrack. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there to win. I'm there to win for my team, for my sponsors, for, you know, everybody involved in Penske organization. That's what I'm there for. I don't care if these guys have friends or don't like me. That's not why I'm there. I'm there to win races. And his mentality is he's going to go out and win races. And doesn't matter what it takes to do it.
6: Rick, I was telling Don, when I uh, saw him at Texas Motor Speedway for the fall race, uh, we interviewed him on pit road after the race, you know, the bullpen interviews that the media gets to do and everything. But even before, it, before that, uh, when they brought him into the media center, all the drivers <coughs> in, the, um, in, the, in the playoff still, Joey was focused very determined, but he was also very calm. I saw I saw a little bit different kind of a Joey Logano this year. And so looking back now, it doesn't surprise me that he won the championship because I think he was determined he could actually do it and was going to do it.
9: Yeah, he's matured a lot. I think that we talk about him being young, uh, but I think his maturity now has made him more uh, comfortable, like you said, you know, mm-hmm it's made him more comfortable in the setting of I'm the best out here on the racetrack. And, and people are gunning for me now, as opposed to me, you know, going after, you know, these different drivers or whatever, he's got a confidence about him that he can go out and win any race. It doesn't matter if it's a short track, if it's an intermediate, it's super speedway, he's confident that his team is good enough to compete every single week at every racetrack to win that race and that confidence is what I think makes him even more dangerous because now it's, it's not, you know, Oh, is is this Jimmy or is this Joey's year? It's okay. Who can upset Joey? Who is the driver out there that can slow him down? Because I think he's got that mentality of, okay, this is business. Now I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win a race. And it's going to get me into the playoffs. We're going to then focus on how do I get the most points that will ensure that I can move through the playoff rounds. And then when you get into the round of eight, okay, what do I need to do? Well, they go out and win Las Vegas, the very first race of that round. They're able to focus, you know, solely on Phoenix uh, because it doesn't matter points don't matter anymore after that. So now all of a sudden it's, we are, we're going to work solely. I mean, if, if you're going to do simulator work, you do simulator work for Phoenix and don't even worry about the next two races in the round. You're focused on a championship. And I think that's what that team did. Um, they had a game plan that executed it perfectly. And I think that's why Joey's the champion right now.
5: I think, uh, you know, I think what hurts Joey st- still is people, people. Don't understand that again. He is the he's the perfect example. Him and then I think Daniel Suarez too are the perfect example of two kids that were thrust into the series, into the Cup Series before they needed to be. Um, so he didn't have that success over at. Uh, with Stuart Haas and all right, well, with with uh, Joe Gibbs and then, yep. Gibbs, and, then uh, and then like Daniel Suarez didn't have it with uh, Stuart Haas. So it wasn't until, uh, you know, he moved to Penske. And I think and what you just said about his attitude about not having friends and stuff. Mike, how many times have I said this? I'm uh, again, a huge Brad Keselowski fan. And that's Brad Keselowski talking. And I think it's Brad Keselowski who rubbed off on him because that was always BK's Mo, uh, back when Tony Stewart was still driving and stuff, I remember distinctly him saying, "You know, look, I'm not here to make friends. I don't care if I don't have a friend in the garage area. I'm here to to win. That's all that matters." And I think, and and Mike and I have even said too, that's that Penske driver mentality across the board. I think Ryan Blaney kind of is the exception to that. Now, when when he's in the car and he's focused, to me, he he's the epitome of a Penske driver. Um, but that win at all costs. I mean, you can go over to the IndyCar series. You see it in the, in the Penske guys in the IndyCar series, you know, it's just, that's just the way that Roger Penske brings up these drivers in the series, I think is, um, to focus on that. But I think Joey, like you said too, I think this year being kind of the main guy and, you know, therefore Penske and, and being the leader, um, I think he really took that role on and, um, you know, become. I loved the race for uh championship and, and the behind the scenes stuff. I think it gives people great insight um, to what goes on in the daily lives of these drivers. And, you know, I, say what you will, but once you're married and you have kids and that kind of thing, it changes your mentality, too, and your focus and everything on driving where – Little things that you may have blown up about mm-hmm. before don't seem to bother you the same way. Driving, everything is in a different perspective, I guess. And and Joey, while he didn't have the most consistent year, I, I mean, by any means, this year. It, at the same time, it's just he when it counted, he he made it happen when it counted. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, I I mean I I love it. I, I've always been a Joey fan and. By the, I mean, if it wasn't for Joey, we wouldn't have our drinking game. We have the Joey Logano drinking game, which every time Joey smiles, you take a drink. So pretty much, you're drunk after a <laughs> after a drunk interview. interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, Rick, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is you know, social media. Um, the big thing after the Phoenix race is, oh, it was a snoozer. It was boring. It was this, and I, I'm I'm thinking, well, coming off of Martinsville, <laughs> I mean, you know, what what could have nothing was going to to top that honestly I thought it was a pretty decent race. I've always been a fan of Phoenix I've gone to that track numerous times and I I, I like it um but with that said, I know there's a lot of talk about I know we we go to Phoenix again next year but after that your thoughts on you know rotating the track rotating it back you know to to a different track or is there a track in mind do you think it's going to be one of these things that they may look at? you know, Nashville or something like that by this point to, you know, these are the tracks that I hear the focus on a lot is, you know, Nashville and those kind of things. So um, your thoughts on that or uh, ending, ending in Phoenix, do you think we need to keep it there?
9: Well, I think like most sports do, I think NASCAR needs to take, you know, a page out of some of the other sports that um, put their championship up to bid uh you know they always bid on where the super bowl is going to be or yeah. uh you know the the major events take place uh the final four for basketball college basketball all that kind of stuff those are always put up for bid and they're years out so nascar i think would i think it would be good for them to say all right we know for sure that the 2023 championships going to be in phoenix open the bidding up now for the 2024 and the 2025 championships and let's figure out where those are going to be and just you know it's got to be it's got to be feasible i mean it's got to be something that you can't race at i mean it's we're not going to have a race in new hampshire uh on (laughs) november 4th or whatever because it might snow or you know that's the those are just you gotta you gotta have something that you know could it be in Austin? Could it be uh, in Alabama? Could it, you know, be in Florida? Could it where wherever uh, it's got to be able to work? But I think I think tracks need to start bidding for where this is going to end up, uh, where this race, the championship race, ends up. And if Phoenix is the sizable, you know, winner of that idea of where the championship would be, then it's a Phoenix. If it's back at Homestead, if it's at Daytona, if it's... I don't i don't like the idea of having a, a super speedway finish to the championship. But at the same time, who knows? I mean, it might be something that people would embrace and say, I'm yeah, we'd love it. to yeah, see that. Don
6: and, and I have always thought started at Daytona and finished it there. Yeah, and
9: it. Yeah, I mean atlanta i mean there's just there's i think there's a lot of places some people are talking about um auto club speedway uh they're gonna i think they're trying to transform that into a short track um but i just i i agree that you know you should open it up um it shouldn't be at one place every single year and just you know put a little variety into it and let let the tracks bid for it and make it you know something that you know you say hey You know, we can offer this, this and this to the fans and and make sure that the the fans are appreciative and know that that's something that uh, would benefit them uh, if we go to certain areas. But let us know in advance, you know, let us know two years in advance. And that's really the only the the date would be the only thing. I mean, if you have the location and you say, okay, it's going to be in Phoenix, then however the schedule works out, it's this date in Phoenix or it's this date in, you know, at Homestead or wherever. Um, But I think that's, you just, uh, I say, open it up. I'd like to see them open it up. Um, And then to go back to something you said, uh, people were like, it's a snoozer. Well, you have to remember how the, uh, how the whole season went. And Mm -hmm. I think when you compare it to, the season that we just experienced, and then somebody goes out and dominates a race. They're like, "Oh my gosh! Well, he just dominated that race. That's you know that was a snoozer." Well, because we didn't see that very, it was very rare in 2022 that somebody go out and just kick everyone's ass and and dominate a race. And so that's what Joey did, and their team ended up being flawless, and that's why they won the championship. And that's the way their game plan was go out there don't make mistakes in stage 1 and stage 2 and in stage 3 when we've got track position we we dictate how the race goes we we run the race and that's what they did and i think that's a game plan that everyone's going to look at and they're going to go okay that was really successful we got to do that you know we got to figure out how to you know focus on these things to get us to that position so i I don't think there's a snoozer of a race. I just don't even believe that that's something because I see something in every lap of every race and I see incredible things and I see, you know, great stories throughout. So I enjoy if a guy would lead every single lap of a race, that's pretty amazing. I think um, because of the caliber of competition that they're on the racetrack with weekend and week out, that's a feat. Um, so that wouldn't be a snoozer for me either. That'd be pretty impressive.
6: Uh, Rick, I wanted to ask you. You know, looking ahead? you take this season, twenty twenty two, all the different winners, and now we're going to twenty twenty three. I know they're going to make some changes to the car a little bit, maybe improve the safety measures on it and everything. But we have some new tracks on the schedule. I think it's a good time for NASCAR. Uh, I think we're going to see this momentum keep going. What do you th- What do you think, twenty? 2023 is going to be like
9: well i agree with you mike i think uh they have to um they have to take care of the issue of the car being too rigid uh it's it's hurting drivers and we saw that uh a couple cases this year um so they're gonna they're gonna fix that and that's something that mid-season would be very difficult to do uh because it's a major engineering change they did testing um, they did simulations, they did a lot of stuff throughout the year that I think the drivers uh, voiced their opinions that they didn't think they were you know, doing enough. Uh, but then the drivers realized they had been doing a lot uh, and they just weren't paying attention to emails that they were getting um, that were telling them about what was being done. And so um, I think what's going to happen next year is we're going to compare 2023 to 2022. And when one driver goes out and wins like three or four races in the first 10 or 12 races, people are going to go, Oh, you know, this team has figured it out and they're really good. And it's not going to be like we had a year ago where we had 19 different winners, but it still gives the track house racing, um, the, jtg dory racing it gives those teams a fighting chance yeah and that's what i think we saw this year is everybody had a fighting chance going out there and with a car that's very similar but they also realized that a crew chief and a team make a difference yeah. they they can figure things out and make a difference and make A team better than another one. Uh, And I think 2022 was a learning year. I think 2023, they're going to implement a lot of that. And so uh, I still see the racing being very good. I think it's going to be really good racing in 2023. I love the fact that we're going to Chicago for a road course. Um, I spent a lot of time in Chicago last winter. I know that the roads are terrible in Chicago. So when they talked about Um, going on shoreline drive and all that is like, there's no way they can go on that road with a race car because it'll fall apart. There's so many potholes and bumps and it'll be, there'll be jumps. There'll be jumps at Chicago because of the hills and everything that they have there. But, um, but it's going to be cool. I mean, it's because it's NASCAR thinking outside the box. It's taking a city and saying, okay, we're going to run, the course here it's going to be a city course and they just haven't really experienced that yet. And I think fans are going to be like, okay, this is cool. They're bringing NASCAR right to me. They're bringing it to, you know, the front of my building. Uh, if I have an apartment building in Chicago and that I think is great for the fans. And I think that's what's going to continue to happen is NASCAR continues to look at the fans and they put them number one, they want to give the best product out there. The drivers want to do the exact same. They want to make sure that the best product is out there. And I think the competitiveness is going to be even higher. I mean, I think these guys are going to go out there. They know that they can they can hit another car pretty hard and not spin it out. And so I think you're going to see more aggressive driving in 2023. I think they learned that in 2022. And I think it just gets to be, you know... I don't, say, I don't think there's going to be dirty driving, but I think there's going to be very aggressive driving. And I think what fans love is aggressive driving. And mm-hmm. I think they are going to love what's 2023 because I think that's going to end up being fun, aggressive, competitive racing almost every week.
5: And your prediction, how many drivers do you predict <clears throat> we see uh, do double duty <laughs> uh, for the Indy, uh, Indy 500 Coke 600? And who do you think they are? Double question.
9: Uh, I think there will be. Uh, I don't think it happens this year. I don't. Th- really? I still don't think. Yeah, I don't think it happens this year. Um, I think. So I think Kyle would like to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of one of those boxes that he'd love to check as far as doing the double like his brother did. Um, when I say Kyle, I'm talking Kyle Bush. You guys are talking Kyle Larson and Kyle Bush, because they both probably would love to do it but I think Kyle Bush would like to do it and I think he'd like to do it sooner than later um, just because he's getting up there in age uh, and so you know might not happen this year because it's the first year Richard Childress racing um, but who knows I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out and then I know Kyle Larson would want to do it too just, there's got to be an association there that you know whose car can he jump into and um, do it but I could see that Kyle's doing it That would be two folks that would make sense to me. Um, Ryan Blaney loves racing, and I could see him doing it. I don't know if it's high on the bucket list for him, but uh, I think he'd be great at it too.
6: What about Jimmy Johnson?
5: Yeah, I was going to say, what about Jimmy?
9: Well, Jimmy's kind of a given, isn't he? I mean, that's – because it's not really – I mean, he is already an IndyCar driver slash NASCAR driver, so yes – I guess if you're, I I didn't even count him because I thought that was, it was a given (laughs) that he would do it because he was already, he did the Indy 500 this last year and thought it was awesome. So, you know, he wants to go back and do that again.
5: And see, and then I think now this is a slim thing, but I think because he's not full-time driving, I think it opens it back up for Kurt again, possibly, depending on how he feels. Um, But then now, then when I got to look at the other guys, I see, a possibility of Connor Daly though, doing, doing it, you know, and, and maybe doing it in a NASCAR and in one of the smaller tier cars or something coming in doing the Coke 600, just because of, you know, the things he's been kind of running quite a bit or, or even uh, a Santino Ferrucci, you know, those, those two guys have been kind of dipping their toes back and forth and, and which I love to see. I love to see the crossover. Uh, I'm just, I'm a huge fan and I loved uh, this year with the races and stuff doing their that's, and 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 Rick you being a f- former truck guy you know mike and i we're like broken records but i say it all the time my f- absolute favorite weekend of the of the racing season used to always be the IndyCar Weekend, Texas, our, our uh, trucks at Texas. It was the best weekend. Um, I would always encourage people to come out because it was so laid back and so much fun. Um, oh, and it sucks bro. that we don't, we don't have it anymore. And, and yeah. it just sucks. It, it was weird because we had IndyCar on its own at Texas. And it was just kind of weird, um, yeah. which I mean, you still love it. But um, I love the fact that there are so many folks across the country that don't, do you know they do one or the other, and so for them to have the opportunity uh, to see it. Plus, I just think it gave the Cup guys such a huge pers- uh, perspective of you know they complain a lot. <laughs> cup guys do about Imagine their and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but to see what the IndyCar guys do on the race weekends with the mandatory hour autograph sessions, every single one of them out there, every you know, we, and the things that they do with the crowd. Um, I thought it was huge because Mike and I have argued for the last couple of seasons that that's what NASCAR had been missing that to me, IndyCar had kind of picked up on is the racing it picked up. You were getting better racing with IndyCar, but IndyCar had personality. And that's what NASCAR cup series had been missing for a couple of years. I think was, was personalities. We, we got a little bit more of that this year, which I was happy to see.
9: (laughs) Uh, Connor Daly got screwed by the way. Connor Daly got screwed. I mean, when the steering goes out and he slams into the wall, it's like, Whoa, wait a second here. He, He, you know, I think everybody was excited about him, you know, running that Xfinity car and, and it was, or you know, everything was everything was in place, or whatever that you know he was gonna he was gonna do well, and um, given the opportunities and all that stuff. And so I, yeah, I'd love to see him have another chance uh, and get get out there and race with those guys uh, and just yeah have a chance because I think he told us, I'm pretty sure he told us he had never sat in the car until he got to the racetrack, like. That he had never been, you know, no laps of practice or anything. So his first lap of practice was when he went out uh, on the racetrack. And I thought that's pretty incredible to have that talent to be able to do something like that.
5: Well, I'm I'm a huge fan of bus bros um, <laughs> um, on, on YouTube with IndyCar. And so and uh, so I'm always like looking to pair guys together and do things. And for me, I cannot picture two funnier guys and, and two guys that could be brothers, Connor Daly and Noah Gragson. I could just see them and their mullets and all of their glory doing something together. <laughs> I think it would be amazing to have do something with the two of them uh, over on the NASCAR side of things. It would be great. But uh, well, Rick. My last question for you is, you know, you have to sit and thank God for social media and you're super active on it, but you have to sit through half of a season before you get yourself in the booth and get to get going. And I know it eats away at you probably during the beginning of the season, like you said too, watching and seeing all this go on, but. Tell folks, I know you've got your, your Instagram pages and stuff. You are so busy though, during the off season, there's, there's some racing that you go and do. I know uh, NBC will send different guys at different times. They kind of rotate you guys to call different things like the 24 hours of Daytona and IMSA and some other stuff. Um, but what are you doing during the off season other than um, your racing stuff? You are big with your woodworking stuff there on your farm. And so I, I know you're always posting stuff. Well, what kind of projects do we have going on? What are, I know you finished a haul tree. I saw that the other day. What What are we doing yeah. next? <laughs>
9: uh, a friend like that. Um, so we're building one for her. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, that is in uh, assembly right now. We're actually, I'm looking out at my barn, which is my wood shop. Um, and so that is, we're assembling that. Um, I just, I had little projects around the house that I like to do. Uh, I just love woodworking. That's my, that's my go-to for relaxation. Turn the music on, go in there and create something out of wood, which is cool for me, uh, or play golf. So if the weather's good, I'll get out on a golf course. And normally it's with Latart and Burton. Um, so we'll get out and we'll play golf and have a lot of fun. Uh, I make sure to feed my deer. Uh, they are right here between my house and my barn. They come and they feed, they kind of hang out. And that's pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, spend time with the family. Uh, my son is actually in Europe right now. So we're going to go visit him uh, in December over Christmas. Uh, my other son, I have two boys. Uh, other sons in California, we're visiting them over Thanksgiving. So uh, just, yeah, kind of try to take as much family time as you can, because when the season starts, uh, family time goes away. So that's the tough part about this job is that, and that's why you see so many crew chiefs and uh, all these other people that say, I got to step away so I can give more time to my family. And we don't, as broadcasters, I don't even want to say that I'd spend near as much time as a crew chief or drivers or, you know, part of the team, but, uh, it is a lot of time away. And so you take advantage of the times when you're at home and you spend it with family and, uh, just kind of have as much fun as you can. And then you get ready to have more fun when you go on the road.
5: Mike, I mean, I don't know. Do you follow, I don't know if you follow Rick on on Instagram and stuff, but, um... um,
6: Twitter, I no, I, no, I do. I think I do uh, follow him on Instagram.
9: Yeah, I, I don't know, he, know a lot about social media, but every now and then I'll post a picture or something. Yeah. I don't know.
6: Oh,
5: he's yeah. full of crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's always posted, and he's got video. Or he adds music. That's more than I do. I, I can't. I haven't figured out the music adding music and words and all kinds of you know captions underneath stuff or whatever. I haven't. Figured Mike, out. I don't know how to do
9: that stuff. I don't <laughs> actually.
5: Well. <laughs> Um, because I stalk Rick um, <laughs> uh, Mike there's a great video of, of him uh, this was a few weeks ago feeding his deer um, right. and he's got cameras all around so and, and here's what I love about Rick too he'll make fun of himself so he's on his property. And I didn't notice it until he explains it later. But you see him going to feed his deer and he's walking and or he's kind of running. He's jogging. And next thing you know, he just does like <laughs> and there's this big old snake, I guess, that he oh. had to
9: just
6: <laughs>
9: Don't like snakes at all. Don't like <laughs> snakes at all. And I don't know why, but I was jogging. Somewhere. Yeah. And next thing I know, there is a snake that's six foot long, right underneath my foot as I'm about to step on it. And it freaked me out. So, yeah, I don't like snakes. But yes, I, I make fun of myself all the time. I'm very easy. I'm an easy target.
5: (laughs) So if you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? So, uh, um, well, we appreciate you, yeah, uh, you doing this as always, especially since your season's over with uh, you got a few extra weeks. It's kind of weird. I don't Mike and Mike, you haven't gone. Well, I don't know if you've ever been, but uh, and it's been a few years for me since I've gone to the banquet, but this season's weird. It ended really soon. And then you have to wait like four weeks for the, <laughs> for the banquet. Usually it's like a two week. I don't still know.
9: Inspection. They're still going through inspection. We're not sure yet oh, as okay. far as everybody. So <laughs> i to have enough time so
5: uh well get the banquet out of the way and and get on vacation and we look forward to hopefully getting to talk with you here at the beginning of the season then that would be awesome to catch up
9: we'll we'll definitely do it again mike and Don. thank right.
6: you guys very much for the time thank, thank you, you very much thank you guys
5: well uh mike we want to thank rick once again uh it was awesome to have him on with us
6: it really was and uh he uh we should have had him on sooner you know again uh i'm sorry we waited so long from the from the first time but
5: I have asked him
6: several times. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's busy and everything, but no, it's he's good. I've always enjoyed listening to him on the broadcasts and everything over the years and uh, they do such a great job and, and like I told him in the in the interview there, they really knocked it out of the park this year, uh, on the NBC coverage. I thought the Fox coverage was good at the beginning of the season too. They did a good job, but but the second half of the season, they did a great job with their broadcast team and and I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that on during the during the off season for sure.
5: You know, you mentioned Fox and um we talked a little bit, we mentioned when we were talking to Rick about Kurt Bush. And I um I I'm curious to see if we see Kurt Bush in the booth um with Fox. Because I think he'd be a great addition. First of all, he's great in the booth. Um, but I really wonder if we will see him with Clint Boyer and Mike Joy. I I think that they that they they missed something and I I didn't really care for the rotating person. I really didn't. Um, I think it was hard to get a good mix um, or a good flow going having different people. It it was fun, but I, I still feel like they need a third person in there. Um, And then if they want to rotate somebody in, that would be awesome. But I think Kurt would be a great addition.
6: I do too. And I would not be surprised within the next few weeks, there's an announcement made that he's joining the broadcast team for 2023.
5: Yeah. I wonder. Uh, And if not, then I think, then we move forward to, I think you look ahead then to 2024. Um, I know, harvick has pretty much said i think that this is going to be his final year i believe is what i've heard um mm-hmm. so i think if not harvick will be the next one that goes to the booth um I mean, he's, he's, really good.
6: Good, as he's well. good he's good yeah he's really good as well so, so uh,
5: then again we always say that you know it's so funny because the one person who was the best in the booth was carl edwards and it still amazes me that no one's been able to get him back and in, in, in the booth at least i mean when he stepped away he stepped away.
6: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Still something to that story.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There definitely is. So. Coming
6: out one day, I think. So,
5: um, Mike, I know that the NHRA um, also uh, had the end of their season, and you're going to be doing a separate NHRA wrap-up show, right?
6: Correct. We have a lot of great audio. There's a lot of stuff that happened. I can just give you the, the quick rundown real quick. Brittany Forrest okay. won the um, top Fuel championship. Ron Caps took the title in Funny Car. We are Erica Enders. She clinched in Vegas the week before in Pro Stock, and Matt Smith got the title in um, Pro Stock Motorcycle. But there was a lot of other drama and great things that happened throughout the weekend, and and uh, just a lot of great things on the 2022 season there. So we're gonna have a wrap up show, and I do believe we are gonna have Brittany Force, the winner of the Top Fuel. Uh, championship and and everything all the great stuff she did we have been told that we're going to have her on the show so tent- tent- tentatively you might say stay tuned because we're going to have a great interview with her
5: well that'll be awesome so yeah you'll want to make sure and and uh you know check it out and while this is going to be the last track smack of the season of 2022. Uh, yeah, we definitely plan on still throwing out some, some smack casts and stuff. We'll be doing some interviews here and there throughout the off season and, and, you know, we'll just randomly throw them out there, uh, when we do them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing that is on a consistent basis, a weekly basis. We need some time to, to kind of decompress and, uh, spend with our families and stuff. But, um we definitely you know will not be away for the for the entire off season we will have some stuff going on and there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of news and things to watch out there there's always stuff breaking and um and and
6: yeah it definitely does and we just found out that ryan priest is going to uh replace cole custer in the in the number of what 41 Mm -hmm. that is and so Stuff is already starting to break and news is happening as we speak. So, um, check, check our website out, tracksmackradio.com and my website, race day essay for race day, San as well. Perfect.
5: Well, uh, Mike, it's been a fun season. Um, we can now say season 18 is in the books yeah. and, uh, we look forward to, to next season and, uh, you got any big plans during the off season?
6: No, I'm just gonna t- take some time off and relax, watch some college football and and NFL football, and before we know it, it'll be January and February will be right around the corner. So we don't get much time, but I want to enjoy what little <laughs> little time <laughs> I have to take a little break from the website as well. So um, stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. Well,
5: uh, same thing here. Not no big plans, not uh, really. So we'll we'll see, but all right, Mikey, Mike, well, don't be a stranger through the off season. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll have some stuff up for folks, but, um, as always, you can reach out to us on social media accounts, as long as we have them, as long as Twitter's still up, you can reach out to us there. If not hit us up on Facebook or Instagram, we're there or go to the website. There's there's, you can hit us up there as well, but, uh, thanks so much guys for tuning in all season and supporting us. And thank you to, uh, NASCAR, uh, Fox, NBC, uh, all the guys and gals there, the the print and the media guys there that we uh, get our audio and stuff from. We really appreciate everybody's help, everyone who's come on this season and been a part of the show. uh, We appreciate you all. And most importantly, thanks so much to the teams and drivers for making it so interesting and giving us lots of things to talk about this season. Uh, We've really enjoyed it. We'll catch you guys uh, with track smack in 2023. Uh, but like we said, make sure you check in for some smack Cast and some other little fun stuff throughout the rest of the off season. You guys have yourself great holidays and a great off season. And we will chat with you soon.
9: Logano has been the class of the field all day long. The 32-year-old, Joey Logano, he's already built a Hall of Fame career. Today, he etches his name in stone as one of the few to capture multiple championships. Logano is a two-time NASCAR Cup Series.
2: Good job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great drive. Way to hang in there. Proud of you. Ah.